if you could turn there, 2 Samuel 21. And starting in verse 15. Has anyone noticed the increase of trouble in the earth? I mean, it's pretty clear, right? Do do I need to explain that there's been an increase activity of, of, um, I mean, the battles are raging around the planet? Um, I, I personally think that the solar eclipse was warning us on August 21st. And I'd mention it from a service that I felt that August 21st, the solar eclipse, it was called the Great American Solar Eclipse. It was America was the only nation that the solar, the full total solar eclipse went over. Um, You know, since that solar eclipse, we've had really some of the worst hurricanes, uh, worst fires, worst uh, mass shooting. I mean, there's been a series of worse and. We know that the Bible says that the devil in Revelations 12 has come down to the earth with great wrath, knowing his time is short. I also mentioned to you that I felt like the Revelations 12 one sign uh, happened on September 23rd, 24th. Uh, I'm not going to go into that again. But, you know, I think God's letting us know uh, through signs that uh, what's up, okay, uh, there were people that thought the, the uh, September 23rd sign was going to be the rapture of the church and other dates had been set. And that was probably never the case in terms of our thinking here. Although, hey, you have to be ready every day, right? But the signs are given to warn you of what's coming and to, so you can prepare. And so, guys, we need to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. This is a time like no other. It is an Isaiah 60 moment that arise and shine, your light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But then it says, darkness and gross darkness will be in the earth, but arise and shine, the light and the glory of the Lord is going to rise and shine in your face, and kings will stream to the glory that they see on you. And so this isn't a real good opportunity to shine brightly. The darker it gets, a light does what? shines brighter and we are the lights of the lord amen and um and so we have to know that we are in a time of incredible spiritual warfare and in this time we have to be dressed with the armor of god on okay head to toe clothed with christ putting the word of god on every day renewing our mind to the word of god The Word of God will not only renew your mind, but it will strengthen you. You'll grow strong in the Lord as you you eat the bread of life and drink of the Spirit. Amen? And so in this story, we see in 2 Samuel 21, starting in verse 15, we see a series of four wars that David fights with the Philistines. And he is pretty much his whole kingship has been at war with the Philistines, and we know Goliath was a Philistine champion, that David in 1 Samuel 17 cut off the head of Goliath, and um, that that uh, started his life of fighting Philistines. Do you guys remember what the name of the Philistines mean? Some of us have heard 
the name Philistine can be transliterated rolling dirt bag. And uh, that's the Philistine, you know, represents the devil. Right? We're not talking about people in the Middle East, you know, that we're better than. We're, we're talking, this is types and shadows, all right? The devil's a rolling dirt bag and all of his demons, and they've all been defeated by Christ. But there is a intensity uh, in, in life where, you know, I thought the enemy was defeated, but you've got to be able to put your feet on his neck. And uh, you see in Joshua where Joshua brought out the ten kings that had, you know, holed up in a cave. And they had put a big stone over the cave entrance to keep those kings there. And then after the battle, Joshua called the elders and, and, and said, bring out these these uh, kings that they were fighting. And he said, now put your feet on the, the necks of these kings. And so the church... Jesus is the one who gives us the victory, but we have to walk that victory out. And, um, you know, it's it's a time of many battles. If I went and asked each one of you in here, there's probably not 10% of us in this room today that hasn't got a giant in their life encroaching upon their very life or happiness and joy. Is there anybody, you're just scot-free in here right now, feeling really... I mean, you've already entered into the millennial reign of Christ. I mean, you're just, everything's good. Probably not. There's, there's, you know, Amy and I just went through the most difficult time in our life. I just turned 60 in June, and two weeks before I turned 60, it was the worst day of my life. I'm not going to get into it. It was a family situation, and it was so horrible for, for Amy and myself. And I think about what some of you have gone through is so much worse than what we were going through. And I want you to know, I thought my heart was going to stop five or six times over that, that period of time. I literally didn't know if I was going to make it through. In the natural, darkness came that day. And Jesus said something about darkness. He said that the, the darkness, he said, it, it, it comes to all of us in an hour of the evil one. Jesus used that phrase. He called it the hour of the evil one. And there is a time when evil is going to show up in your life. And Jesus, that's why he said to the guys, pray. The spirit's willing, but your flesh is weak. And three times he tried to get his guys praying. And they were sleeping because they're slugs. Is that what the Bible says? And they slept because they're slugs. It doesn't say that, does it? It says, and they slept for sorrow. And when you've been in a battle, when you've been in multiple battles, and you've been fighting like Eliezer, and you're out in the middle of the field, and it says that they had to peel the sword out of his hand. His fingers were froze to the, to the handle of that sword. When everybody else fled, Eliezer, he stayed and he fought to the glory of God. And God wrought a great victory that day. And then another time with Shama, it says he positioned himself in the middle of the field and defended it. And, and it says everybody fled, but God wrought a great victory that day because he had somebody he could fight with. The head needs the body, okay? You don't see this in the, the second Samuel account of the mighty men and, and their exploits, but Eliezer and Shama. Two of these champions that fought alone, it looks like, but uh, when everybody else of the army had fled under the intimidation of the Philistines, 
But if you go to the Chronicles account, you see that David was in the field with him. David is Christ in the, in the typology there. And so David's not mentioned in, in the Samuel accounts because God's wanting you to see that, that it's the, the person that God could find. But God goes out in the fight with his people. Amen. You will never go out in the fight without God. And I want to tell you, there's no temptation taking you, but such as common to all of us. If we compared notes right now, how many of you at one time thought you were going to lose your mind in here? Three hands went up. I know you don't want to remember those days. I'm sorry, I'm trying to... Hoda basata. Well, okay. How many of you thought you wanted the rapture that day? All right, now, now, i got all of our hands going up, okay. But the reason you want the rapture is how hard life is. If we compare notes, we could, you know, fill a river of tears, probably. But the, the, the point is that there is a need to not only be strong for the moment, but continue to be strong. And when we had the, the incredible service four weeks ago uh, where we went to Oceanside uh, and uh, Ron Ost at uh, Grace um, Vineyard now, and we were uh, there with um, his house um, and then the awakening, the river, and CJ, your ministry was there, and the, uh, there was uh, ministry, the signs ministry, Red Red Seal, another church, five churches, life streams of ministry, other ministries. As we came together and um, had that amazing service, Chris, Valentine, Valentine, uh, remember the word he said about little faith when Jesus had to rebuke his guys? He said, oh, you have little faith. He wasn't saying you got pathetic, puny, little, teeny faith. And when we read that, we get under condemnation sometimes because I don't have enough faith. But he, Chris pointed out that that word, and it's amazing. I've, aren't you glad for the teachers in the body of Christ and the different giftings? If there's anybody that should have had this nugget, it was sitting right there. I could have had it 20 years ago. I have preached that story so many times. And I missed the greatest interpretation of that story was the little has the idea not of size, but of uh, sustaining power. Jesus was saying, you, you, where is your faith? You have little faith. You had little sustaining power. You stopped almost after the first wave of disappointment and attacks. And he was encouraging us, sustain yourself in the Lord. Don't quit. Don't draw back. Don't give up. Stay in the fight. Well, you know, for all of us who have been in the fight a long time, now the reason, one of the reasons why I have never quit when I wanted to is I was too far in the middle of the field. I was out, way out in the middle of commitment. I couldn't get back to the sidelines. I was just buried in the middle of the field up to my neck in, in concrete. I was not going anywhere. I, I didn't have my feelings, my emotions wanted to, but my commitment was so deep. And, and th- that I was pl- planted there. And if I die, I die there. At least I die in the middle of the field. 
at least. If nothing else works out, I die trusting God than having left the field. It's a big deal right now, guys. There, we know many are going to drop off. Many are going to fall away. Well, you see, the, Jesus said the people that have shallow commitment, when persecution comes, it's going to steamroll them, pancake them, and they're, they're going to be gone. And that's not any in this room. Okay? And so we have to know we're in a time of warfare. We're not in a, t- a peacetime. And we have to realize that. And prepare accordingly. You have to be in prayer and strength. But also not just in prayer and in strength. I mean, in, in the word, but, but together in this. And you'll see this in this story. So we have a series of four battles, wars. They're called wars with the Philistines. Let's start in verse uh, 15. And we'll make this quick because the, the point you'll see right away. When the Philistines were at we're at war again, but I like the English Standard Version. It says, and there was war again with the Philistines. Israel, again, it says, and there was war again. Everybody say war again. You know, you might defeat the devil, but he's going to come back, most likely. How many of you have defeated the devil? You know you got victory, and then later he showed up again. And he shows up with another giant. Okay, look at verse 16. Well, still in 15. And it says that David and his servants went with him. Uh, and David's servants went with David, went down and fought against the Philistines. And David grew faint. Then Ishbi Benob, say that five times real fast. No, don't do that. Then Ishbi Benob, who was one of the sons of the giants, okay, of the giant, Goliath. This is Goliath's son, who's out to get revenge, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, that's about eight pounds, who was, by the way, that's half as much as the 600 shekels of Goliath. Nevertheless, it's a pretty big spear tip. His spear tip uh, weighed, the, the spear tip weighed eight pounds, who was bearing a new sword, um, a new plan, a new, the devil's, when he comes at you again, you better be sure he, he's not just going to come the same way. He's going to come at you maybe with something new. And it says that, that he thought, everybody say thought, this giant thought he could kill David. Well, the, the word thought actually in the Hebrew is to announce. So at the, the you know, camp uh, fire the night before, he's standing up probably half drunk shouting what he's going to do to King David. And, you know, again, this represents the devil. He's announcing, I'm going to kill David. Okay? And he thought he could kill David. And he's about ready to do that. David has grown faint in the battle. And it says, And Abishah, the son of Zeruah, came to his aid. Everybody say, came to his aid. And struck the Philistine... And killed him. And so the idea, I want you to see David on his back. He's fighting uh, this giant who is now over him, ready to dispatch the king with this new sword. David's nephew was fighting his own battles. And yet he was close enough to David to see the, the great 
harm that David was about ready, I mean, he was in danger, the great danger that David was in with this giant, having pinned him to the ground, David is out of strength. You're not talking about some schmuck out there. You're talking King David. David. Everybody say David. The king who is the champion. He's fought all these battles, but he is now, he, he has just about, you know, dispensed of all of his, his strength. He's cramping up. How many of you have ever had to, to continue to play a sport where there was something that, there's some part of your body that was cramping up? Any of you? And you still had to play. Okay? So, that's Brian's son. And, yeah, Ben. So let's just take a little time out from the message just for this precious family. There's nobody in this room in the last year that's gone through what Brian and Pamela have gone through. Missionaries in Africa feeding, what what was it, guys? Three to 500 kids a day for eight years. I forget. So I mean, they're all in. And they took their family with Ben growing up in Africa. Now he's gone from being 10 He's like 16 now. What is he, 215? Two, He's a full-size man in, in an um, autistic mind. And at times, he's violent. At times, he's, he loses, uh, you know, he gets confused. And that's just what happened right there. And they've been not able to come to church. They've been isolated. They've had their son beat them. You've seen the blows. You've seen him hitting him in the face, trying to get him under control. Now, Brian knows as much word as anybody in here, but I can tell you that that couple has been exhausted. Life can be so hard. If David would not have had a near relative keeping an eye on him, you can you can fill the story. And I mean, David didn't beat the giant, but David's a giant killer. But that day he couldn't kill the giant. David would be dead if it wasn't for Abishai, his nephew. His nephew loved David, and that's. If we finish it, we're going to stop right here. If we finish the story, you'll see that there are four, a total of four battles with four giants. Every generation, it would appear they're getting worse. The, the, one of the generations of giants, and he's coming out with six fingers and six toes. So the devil's morphing. The, the darkness is morphing into a worse giant, an uglier giant. The, the devil's not, he, he's, he knows his time is short. And so, but in each of these, these battles, war, and, and it happened again, and there was war again, and there was war again, and there was war again. Just simply because of time, I've got to just sum up it like this. All four giants were frightening and getting worse, bigger, and badder. 
But the four champions that killed those four giants were all out of Bethlehem. Some of you know this story. Why Bethlehem? That's the city of the giant killers. David, his city was Bethlehem. All these guys are Bethlehemites. Uh, Jesus, the greatest of all the giant killers. Where was he born? What is it about Bethlehem? It means house of bread. It means that you're going to be able to kill giants if you live in a place where you've got a lot of bread. You're eating. A lot of the church, they read the Bible like they read fortune cookies. This is not how you handle the Word of God. It's your battle axe. And if you pick up the Bible and try and, you know, that's a nice promise, you can get your rear end kicked. Because you haven't prepared for what you know is coming. The wise man foresees the future and makes preparation. The foolish man ignores the facts and suffers the consequences. You must stay in the Word and in prayer and stay in the fight with your brothers and sisters. Here's what I'm saying. Abishah, and this is for all of us in here. Now, I mean, Brian and Pamela... They, they were done. They had no, no options. Now they got a 16-year-old boy that beat both of them up at the same time. Autistic child out of control in many of these moments. But God, because of faithful care and love of the body, they, they worked their way from Northern California down here into where they felt hope. And the Hoovers and Carrie and some others showed love. And what's so great, as we prayed, they needed a home for Ben, a bed. They couldn't keep him anymore. They have other children. and So there was prayer, and it was hopeless, and all, there's no beds in all of California. Oh, wait a minute. There is one bed available. And, guys, where was that one bed? In all of California, where was that one bed? Fifteen minutes from here, one bed, and they were able to get in. But it's so expensive. But they got one lady, favor, put them in position to where they were able to get financial aid. And that family has, has a measure of relief. And so, you know, thank you for being Abishah to David. David grew tired. Now, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, in our ministry, Amy, we've grown tired at times. And we would have quit if it wasn't for the blessing of having brothers and sisters that stayed with us. CJ and Laurie, you were back 20 years ago. Dorothy, you were there that night. We were supposed to be having a night in honor of you, and it was a setup. It was to love on Amy and myself, where we would, I think everybody knew we were going through it and might not have survived much longer. But it was the love of the body that cared for us. Hold hands, guys. Hold hands. Stand on your feet. I, I want to say this point. Every one of these men that killed a giant, every one of them, if you look at the meaning of their name, Abishah and Elohanan and uh, Sebekai, th- these four guys, 
If you look up the meaning of their name, it all has to do with the grace of God. It all has to do with God's grace. Their names mean Jehovah gave or Jehovah's blessed. Their names are all indicative. I mean, they still got to go out and fight the giant. But inside the very name is God's grace. And so, guys, we're going to go out and we're going to fight the giants this week. But you're not going to do it alone. God's going to go into the fight with you. He's going into the battle with you. And that's what the grace of God is, is for right now. And as we go out this week... The Holy Spirit is going to put on your heart somebody. Follow up on that call. Follow up on that, that, uh, that, that leading or that interest. You know, Rick, you, you came up to me today and you said, Pastor Matt had a dream about you. And I, I said, was I quarterbacking the Saints? You know, and, and it must have been a little bit more serious dream than that. He said, no, but you're okay. Because whatever was in that dream caused Rick to pray for me. That's important. That we, that God's going to speak to us about each other. Because somebody might just be pinned right now. How many of you think that somebody could be getting tired? Abishah, let's get over there. Let's dispatch. Because the, the devil's been, been, been talking. I'm going to kill David with this new thing. The others didn't work, but this one's going to work. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray today that these giants are coming down. Their heads are coming off just like Goliath. Goliath's sons are going to have their heads cut off too. These giants are under our feet. And, Lord, we're going to take your word and your grace, the word of grace, and we're going to dispatch these giants. But, Lord, help us in our own battles that we turn to see those around us. And those of us that are growing faint in the fight. Lord, may we be an encouragement. May, may we be a Barnabas. May we be someone who can come alongside and encourage. So today, uh, we've been able to do that for uh, CJ and Second Chance came in to encourage us in their giftings. And now we're blessing them with our finances, Dorothy, our prayers. And, uh, you know, um, when you get back, I want to help you on your, your trip. And that we can co-labor with you on this trip to Brazil. Brian and Pamela, they're going to need help. They're going to need some help. And uh, still holding hands, Amy says. Well, we just started holding hands, guys. We're going to keep holding hands. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we pray. Would you say this prayer with me, Jesus? I'm in the fight with you. David is my king. Jesus, you're my king. And I'm in the fight with you. And you're in the fight with me. And Lord, today, I declare that I will use your word and prayer to take down my giants. But Lord, I'm going to keep my eyes open and my heart open for my brothers and my sisters that are growing weary in the fight. Help me to hold up their hands or to dispatch the thing that's trying to kill them through prayer and love, active love, in Jesus' name, amen.